0: This is the data privacy detective in our fourth podcast about the general data protection regulation that comes into force May 25, 2018, uh, throughout the European Union and and really throughout the world. Today, uh, we're asking this question. What personal data are covered by the GDPR and what aren't? Now the GDPR defines personal data very broadly, but it isn't a, an all-encompassing effort to protect every kind of personal data from every conceivable use or misuse. So let's focus in today on uh, really what's at stake here. Now bear with me on this. Personal data, I'm gonna give you the definition from the article 4.1 of the GDPR. So personal data is defined this way, quote, any information relating to an identified or identifiable natural person, that's what we call a data subject, an identifiable natural person is one who can be identified directly or indirectly, in particular by reference to an identifier, such as a name, an identification number, location data, an online identifier, or to one or more factors specific to the physical, physiological, genetic, mental, economic, cultural, or social identity of that natural person. Close quote. Pretty broad. Yes, indeed. And now this this is the definition of personal data, and it covers both uh, what we call non-sensitive information, such as a phone number, an email address, that kind of thing, which probably a lot of people know about a lot of people. But it also covers uh, highly sensitive information, health data, financial data, biometric, genetic, other information about uh, individuals. Well, the GDPR does not protect the data of legal entities, just natural people, called data subjects it's only the personal data of natural persons that the GDPR addresses. So business, non-profit organization, government data, that kind of thing uh, is not covered. And if you have any doubt, look at Recital 14. Now recitals in the GDPR are kind of the administrative and historical background to the articles. The articles are the regulations that are directly law will be on May 25, 2018. Only data that relates to an identified or identifiable natural person is regulated by the GDPR, so not uh, financial statements of businesses and that kind of thing. Now, the regulation doesn't cover business data, and it has this intriguing statement in Recital 14. This is the kind of administrative uh, uh, legislative history, if you will, uh, for the GDPR. Quote, this regulation does not cover the processing of personal data which concerns legal persons. It goes on, but I'll close quote here. So what does that mean? What What is personal data that concerns legal persons? Well, one might be tempted as a business to say, uh, all of our employees and customers and so on, that concerns the legal person, so it's exempt. And that would be a very mistaken uh, conclusion. Uh, legal entities that hold personal data of natural persons cannot simply ignore the GDPR by saying, well, that concerns the business. Instead, uh, the data of about the legal entity, like a financial statement, is is not covered. But the uh, personal data held by a business uh, about employees, healthcare records, customers, uh, this kind of thing, uh, is certainly addressed. It's the whole point of GDPR in a way. Now there's a second broad exception beyond not covering the data of legal entities. And that is that it doesn't cover personal data used. I'm going to use a quote here from Article 2.2. 2 quote, by a natural person in the course of a purely personal or household activity, close quote. So for example, someone keeps a diary at home or uh, photographs of other people, family members and so on, it's just for personal purposes, household activities. That's not covered by the GDPR. So people who keep that kind of data for their own private purposes don't need to comply with the GDPR. That does not of course exempt businesses that collect or process information from people who may be using the data themselves for their own private, uh, home, personal purposes. Let's say someone who posts on Facebook because the the businesses, the organizations are not natural persons and they're not using it for their own uh, personal or household activity. They're using it for business. Now, there are a number of organizational types and uses that are exempt from complying from GDPR rules because of the the nature of their function in, in, in society. For example, courts. Courts have to gather, collect, process, and publish names and other details about people involved in judicial proceedings. And so the GDPR does not dictate or control how courts act in their judicial capacity. Likewise, a variety of uh, uh, member state organizations, meaning member states of the EU, uh, they have to be free to protect national security, conduct police affairs, that sort of thing. And that falls outside the scope of uh, union law uh, and is exempt from the GDPR. So uh, you know, the police force of a city in Europe isn't bound by, the GDPR any more than a police force outside the uh, European Union is, unless it's specifically going beyond what the purposes of that governmental entity may be. You can look to Article 23 of the GDPR to find a, a whole host of subjects for which the European Union itself or a member state can restrict or opt out of the application of GDPR rules. Yeah, you'll see there in Article 23 that it talks about the EU or member states. And that doesn't exempt uh, governmental organizations outside of the EU, but it would be hard-pressed to conclude that the EU intends to go uh, after a police force in, uh, let's say, Switzerland, which isn't part of the EU, or in the United States uh, if uh, an EU a member state police force uh, is is exempt from GDPR. Here's another wholesale exemption and that's anonymous data. Now anonymous data is data that literally is incapable of being linked to identify an individual. Uh, But pseudonymous data is covered by the GDPR. What's the difference? Well pseudonymous data is something that may be disguised. Let's say people show up at a uh, workshop and uh, the convener gets the name but then says, uh, okay, you're seat number 734 and everywhere else seven seat 734 identifies the person. Well, uh, the, the, that's pseudonymous because it could be traced back to the person who sat in that seat. Anonymous data is data is collected, literally not knowing who the individual is, and so you can trace back as far as you want, but you'll never figure out what specific individual that's uh, addressing. So again, your anonymous data completely exempt, pseudonymous data is covered, but the GDPR recognizes that once you pseudonymize data, there's a much lower risk of abuse or misuse. And so it's given a kind of preference uh, in the way GDPR calls for uh, figuring out first the high risks versus a low risk in a data privacy uh, protection policy. The last wholesale exemption I'll mention is for people who are late to use a, a term or deceased persons. Um, but be careful because individual member states of the EU can have their own laws concerning the privacy of people who are deceased. Uh, But the GDPR itself does not uh, require uh, graveyards and other people to uh, worry about the personal data of people who are uh, deceased. Those are the broad exemptions. Otherwise, pretty much anything that helps identify a person, whether it's sensitive or highly sensitive, is data that is subject to the PR if it involves the scope that the GDPR is about and around the horn here and finish this podcast remember that under article 3 the GDPR applies to any processing of personal data as we've discussed quote, in the context of the activities of an establishment of a controller or a processor in the European Union, regardless of whether the processing takes place in the Union or not, close quote. So this deals with processors outside the uh, European Union who are handling the processing of personal data And then Article 3, Paragraph 2 says, this regulation applies to the processing of personal data of data subjects, that means people, who are in the union by a controller or processor not established in the union. Now note there, it doesn't just say EU citizens and residents, it says of data subjects who are in the union. So on its face, this would cover any natural people who are in the union and concerns their personal data, and it covers how that personal data is processed, regardless of whether the processing occurs inside the European Union or outside. So as we talked about in a prior podcast, it's extraterritorial, it's very comprehensive, although it does have the exclusions that we've talked about in in this podcast. Next podcast, we'll talk about uh, legitimate, cons- uh, legitimate reasons to gather personal data and to process it and consent, and how those two work hand in hand to control the, and protect personal data under the GDPR. Remember that your personal privacy protection begins with you.